Welcome to Buy My Telingual today. My name is Elizabeth Aitai and I'm your host. My guest today is ESL instructor and poet in California. She was born in Armenia but grew up in Los Angeles. Drawing on her experience of being a child of immigrants and Armenian-American, her poetry is about identity and touches on themes of multiculturalism, multilingualism, empowerment, authenticity, discovery, confidence, community, and belonging. Hello, and thanks for being on this podcast. As always, I start with the people introducing themselves. So I'd like to ask you to tell us your name, your country of origin, where you currently live. Yeah, my name is uh, Susanna Samergian. I go by Susie. Most people call me Susie. And I was born in Armenia, but my family immigrated to the United States when I was just two years old. And I've been living in Los Angeles uh, ever since. I did live two years in France, but most of my uh, life I've been living in Los Angeles. And right now I am um, working as an ESL instructor. So I do work with immigrants and uh, refugees and teach them English. And I'm also a poet. I write about identity of multicultural, multilingual individuals and, uh, you know, children of immigrants, which I am. (laughs) Um, How many languages do you speak and uh, what do you consider your native language? So I speak three languages. I grew up bilingual. So my home language uh, has always been Armenian. So my parents have always spoken to me in Armenian. My sisters and I would always code switch. So I didn't learn English until I went to preschool. Uh, I think my, my mom took me when I was like three but I don't have any memories of learning English. Um, So um, I grew up bilingual. And then I learned French in middle school, but not really. And then in college, I selected French as my uh, foreign language class to take because I was a linguistics major. So I had to take at least two languages. And so French was one of them. Then I traveled to France and I met my husband that way. And so now I am pretty fluent in French too. I I would say I am trilingual. French is probably the language that I'm the least proficient in. So I do speak it very well. Uh, I feel very comfortable, but not like Armenian and not like um, English. Mm -hmm. Um, You said you don't memorize having ever like learned English and uh, you started at the age of three learning it. When saying you grew up bilingual, was there a divide between you going outside and then using English for communication and then coming into the house or coming back home? And then the emphasis was in Armenian. I don't think there was any difficulty in, you know, making that transition that I had to speak, you know, English at school with my friends or any outside environment. I think the the issue was that English became more of the dominant language because of the fact that my education was in English. The movies I watched were in English. Um, The music I listened to was in English. I did listen to Armenian music, not that I didn't, but I felt more proficient in English because I had the vocabulary that I needed. And so when I had to, for example, go to the doctor's office and I had to translate for my parents who weren't fluent in English, 
I had difficulty with that because I didn't know the Armenian words that I needed to translate sometimes. Mm -hmm. I did grow up in an environment where there were a lot of Armenians. So sometimes I would always hear like, speak Armenian, speak Armenian. And as a teenager, I never really understood why people were saying that because it was so frustrating. Like, why is everybody telling me to speak Armenian? Like, this is this is just coming to me naturally, you know? I understood the history because of the Armenian genocide, you know, um, uh, trying to, you know, save the language. Especially as an adult, I understand it more. But um, that was the frustrating part to me, that I couldn't say certain things in Armenian but that I was also being told speak Armenian more. I can't imagine that was challenging and, as you said, frustrating. So is it safe to say that English has been the language you felt most comfortable with uh, for the majority of your life? Yeah, I think in certain contexts, English is just more easy for me to communicate my ideas. I have the vocab, like I said, the vocabulary I don't have in certain contexts. I teach ESL, so I work with lots of Armenian students and I'll have to translate a word. And I don't know that word in Armenian because I'm not used to using that word in Armenian. I don't know the grammatical terms in Armenian, you know, so I do feel more proficient in English. But at the same time, there are certain things in certain contexts that Armenian just expresses the meaning that I'm trying to express better like mm -hmm. it's really hot here in LA right now and my son uh, was saying something in Armenian it's like a common thing to say like I'm dying of this heat but like you don't say that in English like you say it's so hot or you know like uh, I'm dying like but in mm -hmm. Armenian has such a stronger meaning so like sometimes there are certain phrases certain idioms that I feel are more expressive in Armenian. So, mm -hmm. so you have a son and you speak Armenian only with him? Like I kind of mentioned before, I don't feel like I can control the language that I use. I, I've tried to, I've tried to say like, okay, today I'm only going to speak in Armenian or like my husband, like today you're only going to speak French to him, you know, but it doesn't work that way. Right now my mind works in all three languages. So sometimes I'll say something in, you know, English and then I'll repeat it in Armenian and sometimes I'll repeat it in French as well. I just go with the flow, whatever comes to me first. That's very interesting. I think uh, you're the first person who really tells me that he, she that doesn't really have a hierarchy, you know, that you speak all languages at the same time. Do you ever feel fatigue when being in this trilingual mode, which is like your, your normal state? No. I think the fatigue was in French when I was living there, but it wasn't like a mental, like I wasn't mentally tired. I was more physically tired because my mouth had to move in a different way when I was speaking French. And I was thinking, oh my God, how are they moving their mouth this way? So I was more tired of that. But in terms of like switching between Armenian and English, no, not at all. It's so easy. Like the transition is very mm -hmm. You're right about the fatigue, that it's really more physical than a mental one. You need to get used to the pronunciation and where your tongue is and how it's supposed to move. Yes, you know, I learned French as an adult. So for me, making the, the, the sounds or between the words, like moving from one word to another, my mouth is not used to it, you know, like, like it yeah. is in Indian and in, and in mm -hmm. English. 
Mm -hmm. When it comes to um, expressing emotional states, which language do you use most? I think that when I am trying to express something, like if I have to explain it, English is what is easy for me. Yet, there are certain, like I said, idioms in, um, in Armenian that just express that specific feeling that I'm feeling. What about heightened emotional states, like, you know, extreme anger or extreme joy or love? Yeah, that's, that's interesting because uh, I do go to Armenian for things like that. Like when you're in a state where like you're overwhelmed a little or like, you know, two people are talking like sometimes like I have to take care of my little one and then my five-year-old is asking me something at the same time. Like in my mind, I might not say it out loud, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm going crazy, you know, like, and it's just like, it's the same word like it's the same word in Armenian same word in English but the Armenian has such a stronger it's visceral no in those situations yeah and not that the English doesn't come too like I think it really depends on the situation sometimes it all automatically when I'm angry like the English word will come to me too like getting on my nerves that one is always in um in English Mm -hmm. When it comes to your dreams, what language do you dream in? And then I would also like to ask, as you said, you lived in France. What language were you dreaming there in? I think for the most part, I dream in English. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't recall seeing much of Armenian in my dreams. I think like sometimes when I dream of like get togethers, like when the, like the families come together, the aunts, uncles, maybe in my dream, I will see Armenian. But for the most part, my dreams are in English. But yeah, I did notice that a little transition when I was living in France that sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, I would start to dream in French. And I was like, okay, this is so weird. What's happening to me? Why am I like, I become this like different person. And so, so? I don't know. Like, I think language is so connected to culture that sometimes I would start thinking like a French person because I was living there. Like, especially because when I was living in France, I wouldn't really get the news from the United States or I mm -hmm. wouldn't know the top hits, like the music hits, you know, mm -hmm. before moving there, you know, you would see stuff and you would think like, oh, this might work. Like, I wonder why this country doesn't do this. And then when I lived there, I started seeing like, oh, because the people here are different. Like they think differently. They have a different way of seeing life. They wouldn't accept this change. And so I feel like it's very connected. The, the way you see the world is connected to language, I think, especially the way you express yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because I also think where the language is spoken is also attached to a certain kind of landscape. And the landscape, again, influences us humans. So uh I think we take a lot out of the landscape when it comes to behaviors and moods, um, culture, um, mm -hmm. pretty much everything. Yeah, definitely. When you have memories, um, do you always recall those memories in one language or are you switching? That's, a, that's an interesting question. And I've never, you know, considered, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Now's the time. <laughs> Now's the time, yeah. <laughs> I think my memories are mostly in English, but there are certain memories that are tied to like certain 
experiences that I've had that maybe um, it makes me uh, reflect in Armenian. I grew up with a, a large community of Armenians. So LA mm -hmm. is a very diverse city. So I did go to school with lots of Armenians um, and family too, like family, uh, extended family uh, were around. Uh, so mm -hmm. I heard a lot of Armenian growing up. So it wasn't primarily in English. Well, we kind of talked about specific situations. Uh, you use certain languages for, uh, especially when it comes to idioms and emotional, like heightened emotional states. Are there any other situations you really rely on one of your language skills? Mm. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I used to speak Armenian with my mom a lot mm -hmm. when my husband was around, but now my husband understands so much Armenian that I can't even speak to my mom if I want to tell her something. Not that I'm keeping secrets from it, but like, you know, just telling her. Oh, no, you. sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, my husband and I, we use French uh, in a lot of contexts. Mm -hmm. Uh, because there we're not surrounded by people who, who speak French. So sometimes like if there's something that we just want to share privately, we will say it in French. And then I think maybe we use in Armenian, we might speak about like, I think they're personalized conversations. They're like private, sorry, private conversations tend to gravitate towards one language so that other people don't understand it. And when you're in a public area, Uh, those private conversations, um, you you want to have it in a language where not everybody around you hears you because there's mm -hmm. personal information. Sure. And um, speaking of that, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you'd speak another language of the surrounding group and have you ever felt insecurity from other people projected onto you? And how would you solve that? Well, I think I live in an in-between world. When I am around, quote unquote, white Americans, whatever that means, I feel like some, not everybody because everybody is different and I don't want it to come across as a stereotype, but like sometimes people project that you're not a uh, you know, proficient speaker or your, your knowledge of English is not at the level as theirs. So like I've had people say, oh, like if you don't know this idiom, like and they'll go on explaining an idiom to me in English and I'm like, I'm not sure why you're explaining, like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like, yeah, I know that. So I think my physical attributes when people see me for the first time, or not even the first time when they still know me, they, my Armenianness is so salient. So sometimes I feel like I'm not seen as like a proficient speaker in English, which is crazy because I, like I explained, I am so much more proficient in, in English. And then on the, on the flip side, sometimes when I am with Armenians, I'm projected to be Americanized. So I'm not fully accepted in that mm -hmm. word. Like, oh, why don't you speak more Armenian? You're speaking so much English, you know? And so I feel like I'm in that in-between space. Yeah, that's fascinating because um, being back in Europe for me myself, the communities are here, are present here, but still smaller, but it's it's fascinating and it speaks so for the U.S. how you can find yourself within one country in these complete opposing situations. Mm -hmm. I think because LA is so diverse mm -hmm. and large I didn't feel any of that until I stepped outside of LA. So when I started college it was in Santa Barbara UCSB and over there 
I started feeling more of an outsider because there were things projected on me. Like people would initially ask me about things about Armenian culture. And I feel like it's beautiful. People are interested. I don't take that as a negative, but sometimes it's like, that's the salient thing about you. And that's the only thing that they see. And sometimes they don't see your other side. And I think that's where I felt a little bit like an outsider and then traveling across the U.S. too in cities that are not as diverse. People mm-hmm. look at you differently. They speak to you differently. They project all these stereotypes on you that are not even true. So like I said, some people would, you know, like project that I don't speak as fluently. And it's like, wow, you know? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. said... um that people don't see your other side. What is that other side of yourself? Can you describe it? Yeah, so um, I feel like when I am with just like quote unquote white Americans, like they see a lot of my Armenian side, like they'll focus on that. And, but when I'm with Armenians, they focus on my American side you know so I feel like sometimes and not this is not everybody obviously sometimes people don't see that you can be both you mm. know or both your maybe not equally some and I think it, it it that there's flexibility in that in some situations I feel more American in some situations I feel pretty Armenian like I feel like You know, it's this like constant movement between the two cultures. And I feel like the people who see those two sides are the people who have been ex- been experiencing those two sides as well. I understand. What I'm really interested in is that when you speak Armenian versus English or even French, does it change your persona in any way I do feel like a different person and I didn't know that I felt like a different person until there were some comments made and I was like oh wow I never even thought of that I speak in a very different tone and the volume of my voice is very different Armenian versus in English in English I tend to have a softer voice and there's different rules that I know that I have to follow in English but in like what um, like interrupting, like in American culture, in English, we don't really interrupt that we take turns. In Armenian, we interrupt all the time. That's yeah. a show, showing that we care, you know? Yeah, I do that all the time in Armenian. That, my voice in English, it's more softer versus in Armenian. My voice is much louder. And one time uh, when I was in the car with my husband and mother-in-law, I had called my mom. And this was a time when I was living in France. And my my husband and my mother-in-law, right after I hung up, they're like, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, everything's fine. Why? Seems like you were arguing with your mom. I was like, no, it wasn't. I was just having a normal conversation with her. It sounds aggressive, but it's not. So I feel like my persona changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you also feel the rhythm of the languages? Yeah. Armenian is more faster paced, interrupting. Like you have to do so many things at the same time. Whereas I feel like English is a little more like you slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel any frustration conversing in any of the languages you speak? And how about French? Oh, frustration. Yeah, I think frustration comes from not having, in, in Armenian, not having certain vocabulary 
to express things. Like if I need to talk about algebra, like, you know, why am I going to talk about algebra? But like my education was in English. So even if I wanted to, I couldn't. Or if I want to talk about poetry, which I write, I cannot talk about those things in Armenian because I just don't have the vocabulary to. For me, a frustrating part of, you know, being fluent in a language is also tied to reading and writing. And I'm not proficient in that in Armenian. I can do it a little, very like basic. How about French? Can you read and write in French? And I can read and write better in French than I do in Armenian. I have this internal struggle because I feel like there's external judgment of like, if you don't know how to read and write, are you truly Armenian? Are you Armenian enough? Mm -hmm. Yet you feel more Armenian than friend. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I've become French because I I lived there, but also my husband is French. So we I'm so immersed in the culture as well. So I feel very much French too, but obviously at a different level because I grew up Armenian. That's my home culture, home language. Yeah, so it's it's quite different. Mm -hmm. How do your language skills impact your professional life, if at all? Yeah, I teach ESL, so it helps to be bilingual because you know you can understand the language of your students, or even if you don't know the language of your students, it makes you more empathetic and open to their culture and more understanding of their struggles because I learned French as an adult, I can really empathize with those who are trying to learn a language. It's very difficult. Um, it is. It's very frustrating at times because no matter how proficient you get, there are certain stuff like you still make mistakes. You still maybe won't have the vocabulary or the ways of expressing yourself. So I feel like being trilingual, it's definitely helped me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've been um, talking about culture and language and um, with regard to your experience, how, how important is language for the notion of belonging? And also, can you define cultural belonging? I think that's a very interesting question. I think there's always like these external forces, I would call that, send a message to you that you're not Armenian enough or you're not American, I think you don't truly feel like you belong because there's others who are sending you these very um, strong messages that you don't belong. But as an adult, I feel a lot more confident in myself and a lot more proud that I am bilingual, trilingual now, And that I, yes, I belong to both. And what a gift it is to be yeah. able to be able to speak both languages, however proficient I am in the reading and writing in Armenian. And that I belong in both cultural groups, but I also belong with the people who are just like me, which is like a third mm -hmm. cultural group that no, nobody even considers, you know? So that has changed over the years. I never felt that way. I felt, I feel that way as an adult. Mm -hmm. that's that's great and it really is a gift mm -hmm. it's a constant balancing uh, we need to define what it means to be armenian for ourselves and yes. not let others define what it means to us because i think to be truly part of that group is what you feel inside and mm -hmm. 
I feel like I belong to both. I feel like I belong to the French culture too now because I because I've been immersed in it for so long. So I feel very defensive of it. If like if people criticize France or French people, I'll be like, yeah, but mm, you know, like I feel very like I need to defend them. It's okay to criticize, right? And criticizing also comes from more often from cliches, mm. especially if people don't know the culture or the language. But even that, I think it's important because we approach the other through these cliches first, and then we gain the more detailed insights. You engage in a conversation. That's how the conversation starts. And mm-hmm. the other person is willing to listen and, you know, have that conversation. You can explore that more. Yeah, you definitely need to have the willingness to listen and learn and be open and remain open. And mm-hmm. Definitely. So do you feel you belong to the U.S.? Do you feel in, as an American citizen? Yes, I've actually never been back to Armenia since my parents moved to Los Angeles since I was two. Yeah, I very much feel American. I love this country. I feel that I belong to the Armenian culture as well. But yeah, I I do feel like this is my home. It's so difficult to define for me. And I've been thinking about that so much because even though I didn't live in Armenia for a long time, I feel like if and when I go there, it's going to feel like home to me. And I don't know, maybe it's Mm -hmm. not, but both of those places are home. And then when I visit France, that feels home to me too. So I don't know what home means anymore. I have many. (laughs) Yeah, I have many homes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I said this already once in an interview, what I really love about America is just saying, Home is where your heart is. If your heart, you know, is home in different places, that's quite unique and, and special. And Definitely. Yeah, I do love that phrase too. Home is where the heart is. And your heart could be in different places. Totally. <laughs> do you consider yourself a migrant and who is a migrant? Yeah, I've always struggled with that. There's so much negativity associated with the word immigrant. That I always wanted to like not identify as an immigrant. You know, mm-hmm. but as I grew older as an adult, I'm so proud of that word. I think it represents so much. It shows the amount of hard work, effort. And I think that that's a very beautiful word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I was here since I was two. So sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I feel like an immigrant because I never really mm. had that transition. You know, like my parents definitely by definition are immigrants but as adults or, you know, as when they were older, they felt that displacement of like being in one country mm-hmm. to another. I never felt that. So I'm like, well, does that make me an immigrant? I don't know. Like by definition, I am an immigrant, but I don't know what that means sometimes because nobody has really talked about like children of immigrants and how we define ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you feel about the notion of a universal language? Being that I studied linguistics and Mm -hmm. the importance of like saving endangered languages, I speak a language that is potentially in danger because so many Armenians are not living in Armenia. I feel like it's such a loss when languages are being lost. 
because I think there's beauty in languages. I think having a universal language is very negative in that way. But I also think having a universal language is good that it connects people who mm-hmm. might not speak the same language. If I'm with somebody, for example, who speaks German and I don't know German, English might be a common language that we can use to communicate. And um, the danger of that is that we make assumptions that everybody needs to know English because it is the international language now. I see the positives and I see the negatives of both. If you lost your languages and you were only with English, what would you miss from um, French and Armenian? Wow, that's such an interesting question. I mean, I listen to music in in all three languages, so I will definitely... Mm miss dad and then I think about how like yeah my parents they do speak English but we we speak only in Armenian and that's something that I would really miss same with French I feel like I spoken it for such a long time now and that would be such a big loss and I'd have to deal with a lot of grief it's Mm -hmm. like losing like a part of you yeah that would feel really really weird Is there anything you would like to add to the conversation? I guess I would I would say that I feel like there's a lot of beauty in growing up bilingual, but there's also a lot of things that you struggle with. Mm-hmm. That finding your way through that is is a task, and it I does make you stronger. It does make you stronger. It makes you more empathetic, and that there is a lot of beauty in being multicultured multilingual and that those who are that struggle with it I would say embrace who you are it's so beautiful find a way to see how um, rewarding it is despite the difficulties so it's it's a very unique life experience but it's a very beautiful one as well last question uh being a mom yourself now and having two kids Do you raise them bilingual or trilingual? And what is important for you, for them to take away from you and your experiences? Mm -hmm. That's a very loaded question. And I think it's very interesting that you ask that because I had to deal with so much being so much growing up as a bilingual. And so lately I've been writing about those experiences in my, in my blog. I feel like nobody really truly talks about the experience of being a child of immigrants, being multicultural, multilingual. So I wanted to create space to talk about these things, but that's what my my children are, are going to experience. So I wanted to open that conversation and I want my children to feel comfortable to come to me when they feel all those things because they are going to have those, you know, external forces and I want them to feel very proud of the languages that they know. With my son, he's five now. We always tell him, oh, you speak French, you speak Armenian, you speak English. How beautiful is that? Like, so we try to make him like feel very proud of being um, surrounded by all these languages so that he feels comfortable in his own skin because it's an asset to be speaking multiple languages. Absolutely. Thank you very much for joining us today again. You can follow Susie on Instagram at Susie's Poet in order to learn more about her work. 
Thank you for your support, for subscribing and liking and sharing this podcast and actively listening. I really appreciate your participation. Until next time, be well.